0: Okay, so today's daf is Yud Zayin in Shekalim. We are on daf Ted Zayin Amud Bet the bottom uh, with the new Mishnah. Because it mentioned before that there were thirteen different places that the Kohanim would bow, What the people would, yeah, the Kohanim would, would bow in the uh, Bet Hamidrash. What did they correspond to? Arba betzafon Arba darom so four of them, but were in the north side. Now remember, when you walk into the Bet you're facing west. So you you enter in the east, you face west. So to the north means to your right, and to your, the to the south means to your left. Basically, Shalosh B'Mizrach, the There were three bowings in the east and two in the west. There, these were corresponding. The reason why there were thirteen different spots where a person would bow in the Beit Hamikdash was to correspond to the thirteen different entrances that there were um, to the Beit Hamikdash. And the, now it's going to discuss what these entrances were. So there were four. Uh, there were four uh, gates on the south side of the Beit Hamikdash to enter. And starting from the west, meaning if you if you're walking into the Bet Hamikdash, you're facing west, and and the, uh, the the south is to your left. So you know, so when it's saying from the west, it means the furthest away from you, coming towards you, right on the south wall from west to east. There were these four gates. One was called, called Shara Elion. Uh, for obvious reasons, because since the Beth Hamikdash is on an incline, so the highest gate is going to be the one that's the furthest west, because the Beth Hamikdash actually goes up when it's not flat; it's on an incline around the mountain. So it's going to be the highest gate. is It's called Shara Charal uh is the uh, is the gate of the uh, where, where the I guess where the fuel would come in. the uh, The lighting Delik Bechorot The uh, Bechorot is the uh, firstborn. And Sharamayim is is the water, the gate of the water. Now the, it's going to explain. it Doesn't explain all of the gates just yet, uh, but the Mishnah does explain some of the gates. So the um, the uh, so it says why is it called Sharamayim? Because that one it explains that the um, that this was the gate through which they brought the. Um, the water for Nisuch ha-mayim, because we know there was a big ritual on Sukkot that they would go and collect the water that they would then bring into the, uh, the Bet HaMikdash for the service of the um, Nisuch ha-mayim. And so this was the gate that they would bring it through. Um, the other gates, it's going to explain some of them later on. So Bechorot, also they would bring the Bechorot through there, of course. Um, now it says, Rabbi uh, Eliyad now we're gonna see. Um, so we're gonna see that uh, that it's gonna discuss this in more detail in the Gemara. That. Um, before it goes to the other side first. He, he says this is where the water spills. Now, this water of spilling is a water that's described in the Navi, that it comes from under the, uh, under the uh, doorway of the Beit megdash The stream is going to flow out. This is described in the book of Zechariah, also in the book of uh, Yeheskel, uh, that there's going to be this stream that comes out of the Beit megdash and spreads to all the bodies of water uh, in Israel. Um, we're going to see more of the detail in the Gemara, but this is a, it's not a Midrash, there's actually a Nevo'ah that appears in its greatest detail actually in Yechezkel and somewhat also in, in Zechariah, it's also mentioned, and the Gemara is going to discuss it, but he says the reason why it's called Sharamaim is not because that was where they brought in the water for the Maim, but it was because... This is where the water is going to start flowing out of the Beit Hamikdash to go to these other bodies of water, as we're going to see on the upcoming tomorrow. Now it says a So, uh, so it's so again it when if you look at the other side now going to the north. So that was the a person who's facing the um, was facing in. So the. Uh, uh, so their left is the is the is uh, is going to be the south that we just talked about. And now now we're talking about the north. So on the north side, so it says, You're going to have the four gates also that correspond to them on the north, which is that you have the Shar Yechonia, uh, which we're going to see why that's called Yechonia, that was named after the King Yechonia. Shar HaKorban, the gate of the Korban, where people would bring the korbanot in, shara nashim, the gate for the women, and shara shir, the gate for the song. Now again, we're going to see more detail about the reasoning behind the names of these various gates, but uh, names one of them, at least one it explains. That this was the gate that Yechonia left. In other words, he came to pay one last visit to the Bet HaMikdash before he was exiled. This was the king that was exiled 11 years before the Bet HaMikdash was actually destroyed. So he came to visit one last time and then he left through that gate so it became known. Known as Sharia um, on the eastern side, Yulo. there was an eastern gate which was called and on Kanor, the, and there were two little doors next to it on either side, and there were two gates also on the west side of the bit HaMikdash but they didn't have any name. Um, people didn't really enter from that side because that would be on the other side of the uh, Kodosh of Kodoshim, but I guess that occasionally they had to bring things in and out from there, so they would, but they didn't have any special name for those, um, for those gates. So the total is 13 gates. Um, some of the names the uh seem uh, you know, relatively uh uh self explanatory. For example, uh you know, the um the, the Shara Kurban seemingly that's where people would Come to bring their uh, 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 the korbanot that were kodesh kodashim that had to be slaughtered in the uh, you know on the north side and, and and needed to needed to be brought in sharon nashim the women would come in with their korbanot uh shara shir where they would bring the clay negina they bring the music, musical instruments in and so on now the mishnah says matnitin Abba It represents the view of Abba Yosab and that he says that the reason for the thirteen bowings in the bed of is because there are thirteen gates. But according to the Rabbis, there were only actually seven gates in the in the uh, in the courtyard. According to the Rabbis, not thirteen. So Al So then, where were the bowings, what, were the, what was the basis for these thirteen bowings? If there were not actually uh, thirteen. Um, uh, if there were not actually thirteen uh, gates, so, like we learned over there, there were thirteen uh, breakages when the uh, when the was desecrated in the time of the uh, of the Chashmonaim in the story of Chanukah. So there were thirteen breaches that were made in the walls, That the kings of Yavan they, they made there, and the Chashmonaim fixed. 13 breaches in the wall so therefore they made to correspond to those 13 breaches 13 so there's two possibilities one is that these were actually gates that were supposed to be there that uh, and that they made these 13 bowings to represent the 13 gates or it could be that there were 13 holes in the wall basically and they uh, and they made the 13 bowings to remember that they had been fixed and repaired now we get to the sukim about this this uh, this uh supernatural um, outburst of water that's going to come from the Bet HaMekdash in the future. chayim that in the future this flowing water is going to come from Yerushalayim and this person is actually from Zechariah. It's going to be going back and forth so it came from Zechariah Yechezkel and a little bit, a bit of Yeshayahu, but mainly Yechezkel and Zechariah describe this. Yechezkel describes it in Perik Mem Zayin and uh, of Sefer Yechezkel and Zechariah uh, in the second to last Perik Yud Gimel describes it There so it says, from the Kodesh Kodeshim until the curtain that divides the Kodesh Kodashim from the Kodesh, there it's going to be like the, the antenna of like a small uh, creature. It's going to be very, very thin. Uh, stream of water from the curtain. Now remember, when you're going out from the kodesh kodeshim, you go into the kodesh. In the kodesh, you have the golden altar and you have the shulchan. So it's saying from the kodesh kodesh from the actual kodesh Kodashim to the curtain that divides it from the kodesh. It's going to be like the antenna of a small creature. And then when you get from the from the parochet into the kodesh and it gets up to the golden altar, karkanecha gavim, it's going to be like the size of a of Karnecha gavim of the uh, of the antenna. Of the chagavim, uh, of uh, the grasshoppers or the locusts. Okay, it's going to get a little bit um, going to get a little bit larger, I guess, than the Kilai Must have very small, uh, uh, very small antenna, uh, or very small, um, you know, whatever it is on their heads. The that, what it's called them snails, right? Yeah, these little. Yeah, I guess even tinier than I don't know. I thought I would have thought that the grasshopper was even smaller than that, but I I don't know. I'm not an expert. I guess they would know better. So, from the golden altar until the courtyards of the Beit Hamikdash the is going to be like like the um, the string on the loom, which is the vertical one. From the uh, from the actual uh, courtyards until the Basically, the doorstep of the beta Hamidash itself. That's going to be a little bit thicker, like the the horizontal string of the loom. From then on, it's going to be like um, from the uh, what you pour out of a pitcher. In other words, it, it, the point is that the water builds up, and in its intensity as you go, and it starts out as a tiny, tiny, thin string, and a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. Then finally, it's going to be pouring. It's going to be like v'hine, and that's and this is where this is where he quotes again the pasuk. That uh, uh, that uh, from Zechariah, where it's uh, from, and I'm sorry, from Mechaskel rather, where it says, where it says, mm-hmm. seems to mean in the pasuk pouring, right from the right corner. It seems like, it, right? this is describing, you know, Yecheskel um, has this vision where a man is giving him a tour of the third Beit HaMikdash. The man is obviously a Malach and he keeps measuring with his measuring stick each thing. It's, it describes there. So when he measures, so it says, it seemingly means water is pouring out, right? But it's saying, it's also saying from Pach. It's saying from the word like a, a a container. The water is pouring out. So the man goes with his uh, measuring stick. And he measures another thousand. So Me'afsaim is uh, water. The Gemara explains. It should, it means up until his ankles. In other words, the water gets up to the ankles of the Nevi. And then he measures another thousand. So then it's water of, of knees, right? Now it should be obvious what may be kind okay. mean, of, but, but it explains it anyway. Until knees. And then it got up to his loins. So it's saying as he goes out further and further, this water becomes like a stream that gets bigger and bigger. So then, then it gets to the point where it's a, it's such a flowing stream that there's no way to pass it. Right. Even a big boat isn't going to be able to pass it. In other words, it's a uh, it's impassable. My, what's the reason? And and, they, and they, it, that the, what's the pasuk to support that? see because it says in the pasuk, and this is not the pasuk from Yeheskel, the pasuk from Yishayahu, I think. Yeah, that it's a that even a, a boat will not be able to pass it. Um, uh, ma? Why can't it? And again, he's quoting uh, this pasuk from. Uh, uh, now he's he's quoting. Uh, Back to the, um, to Yicheskel, a pasuk from Yicheskel again, it says, Ki now the pshat of the pasuk, I think, is that the water became water that you could only swim in it. In other words, there's no way even to, uh, to put a boat on it, but it says, Ma'u mesachu milashut, meaning misachu, meaning from swimming, you wouldn't even be able to swim in it, he's taking it to mean, okay? that uh, th- I think the pshat that they interpret in the pasukah is that it's water that you could only swim in it. But uh, he's saying, no, even to swim in it would be impossible and definitely not to put a boat in it. And uh, it becomes a raging uh, water. So it started out as this tiny, thin string of water coming in the Kodesh kodeshim, and it becomes this like flowing stream and then eventually like impassable waters. In our neighborhood, we call the swimmer, from the word, right? So it's the same, uh, today we use the word, right? So that's what it means. Now, um and, and then it quotes a pasuk here, and the grass says what? The grass says, it should say, right? So it's, uh, that, the, that Hashem will spread His hands, in the midst of the land, like a swimmer does, lishchot to swim. Maul lishchot, it says in our Gemara, and and according to the Grotch, go back to the previous thing My mesachul. What does mesachul mean? Not ma, not maul lishchot, but ma mesachul. I'm Rabbi Yossi Bar Rabbi this water that everyone in the world is talking about. Okay, that's what it means. Mesachul is mei she ma'im she mesochachim. That they're, they're they're talking about it. They're conversing about it. Okay. So the idea is, Sochet doesn't mean swimming. It means talking. Fine. Either way, in the in the, the what what it's describing, and this is straight out of the Navi. It's not really. It's not purely a uh, the Chachamim, uh, making a midrash here. If you read the Nevi talks about the stream coming out of the bed Mikdash becoming this very, very powerful waters and the waters that can't be passed. This is from uh, Zechariah. Right now it says, on that day there will be a source of water that's open for the house of David and those who live in Jerusalem. What does it mean? Why is it only for the house of David and the people in Jerusalem that this water will be good. Nida seems to mean for immersing to become pure from Nida. And chatat they're interpreting as mechatat, as the water that you need for the parah Duma, which has to be from natural uh, spring water, right? Flowing waters. So it says mikan ve'lah. It says in the, in, in Yerushalayim, it's still considered to be spring water. So therefore, it could be used even for the parah aduma. But once it gets past Jerusalem, it's already mixed in with rainwater and other sources of water. And therefore, it's only good for a mikveh. And it won't be good anymore for, uh, for mechatat. It will only be good for a mikveh. But, Eliezer no, it's. Uh, it's it's good for nidan Khat and and the mechatat uh, only up to Yerushalayim, mikan velach me Katafrisoten. This is um this means water that's moving. It's going to be pasul for an because the rule is that we as we've learned before, that uh, you can only have you can only have it one way or the other. In other words, if it's ma'im Chaim, if it's flowing water in a natural body of water, it's allowed to be moving and you can immerse in it. But if it's water that is rainwater, it has to be collected. Mikveh ma'im, it has to be collected water. So you, so in the in this case, in the in the beginning of the flow, it's still considered ma'im chaim, so you could immerse in it and it would be good even as a mikveh. But once it gets to a certain point that it's mixing with rainwater. Rainwater has to be collected and stationary. A mikveh is not allowed to be moving. That's why they make all kinds of issues. You can't use like a jacuzzi for, uh, uh, for, for a, a mikveh because it has to be stationary. So, since once you get out of Jerusalem, it's already intermingling with rainwater, so that's why, uh, that's why it's saying it wouldn't be good even for a nidah at that point. But the point is that this is how they're interpreting the pasuk, that it would be good for purification in Yerushalayim, but not beyond that. K-t-i. Yeah, but we we can't get into it because okay. yeah, but we can't. But you have to you have to read the Navi and read how they explain these. Uh, I mean, you know, the the simple meaning is that it's talking about how the betta Hamikdash will be the source of life for the whole world. It's, I mean, it's it's obviously a, a metaphor. It's not talking about that the world is going to be flooded by water. Um, it's. Speaking about how the, you know, the Bet HaMikdash, the holiness, the Kedusha is going to revive the whole world, re- bring life and bring growth. And, you know, it's a, it's a, that way. Now, will it, does it have a, a, a literal meaning too? That will be a stream that comes? It could be, that that's, that would be. We don't know for sure whether there's, um, you know, what aspects could be literal, but I would take it as a, as a metaphor. Mashal for sure. Probably the word brecha, does it mean it is water that's not very deep and it comes until the... Uh, knees, for example, that the person is. It could, it could be, it could be, it could be, it could be. Like some people say, "Livarich" comes from "Birkayim" also because you bow, you bend the knees. Yeah, I've I've heard that before, but I'm I'm not sure if it's true. But I've heard it. Ketiv, it's written. That um, these waters are going to go to um, the uh, Gila. it says, uh, "Kadmona," it's going to go to the uh, to, to the Galil. Um and it says, what is that talking about? Zeyam shel samchu, or it has in parentheses, Sibucha. So that's uh, that's what the Grah has also. Yardu ala arvaz, go to the plain, Zeyam shel teveria. That that means go to teveria. Ubao ha-yama, Zeyam melach That means it's going to go to the Dead Sea. Well, right? North of Yeah, it's going to be moving around. Elayama ha-mutzayim. Mutzaim. is it, Elayama So uh So it says, that means um zeh yamagadol okay it's so right so all of the yeah the yamagadol's name tikhon now it says it's uh, the the mediterranean so it says it says here if you read the actual pasuk so it's interrupting it because the whole pasuk is vayomer leya maima el legotim el galila uva yamah el yamah okay that's the pasuk in hekskel and it, each, it keeps interrupting each phrase to say these are different bodies of water that the water is going to reach. And the water will be healed. That's the end of that Pasuk. Okay? Why is the Yamagadol called Mutzaim? That it went out. Okay? It says, she had, because, because there were two times that it overflowed. One was during the generation of Enosh, then overflowed. In other words, it's going all the way back to Berishit time. Um, and one, Palaga. What is In the times of the, uh, the uh, post Noach, I guess, there was another overflowing of the Yamagadol. The entire world was underwater? Well, that was during the Mabul itself. I don't think this is talking about the Mabul itself. It uh, yeah. Right, but not the whole thing. Maybe there was another um, flood, yeah, another flood, um, but not the whole thing not the whole thing there was another major flood during those times there be lazar bshimr bkhanaver shnayat kalbriah or shnayat ad kipay barbriah these are different areas that it's you know that the water reached when it overflowed in the times of enoch and then in the times of adora palaga barbriah uh, bshimr Rabbi shnayat kipay barbriah or shnayat ad akov and ad yapo i don't know where where the these Barbaria is and how you got say there was Africa. Oh, okay. Okay. So now where does he get West this ra- from? Yeah, and he says where does he get this from? It says, Adpo until here you can come and don't go any further. So Ad Po um the Pasuk actually is uh, it, I think it's from eov, right? Yeah. Right, because Hashem said, Ad po tavo siif, Ufo yeshit begon It's talking about how Hashem set the limits of the ocean, right? Hashem set the limits of the water. That's an Eov. So, atko. What? Atko? Right, uh, that's saying it's where it, it went atko, to. said Atko is a remnant to Ako. Right, but in the actual, right, but in the Pasuk, it says, Ad po Ad ako tavo as if it said ad yes. yeah. yeah, right, but it doesn't actually. V'lo upo begon ad begon until, the, right, the might of the, uh, the, might of the uh, 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 right, that's a little bit easier to understand because the word is actually full. Yes. Right, yeah, uh, th- that the, 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 the waves will reach there. But the point is that it's referring to these events that happened in the prehistoric times, basically, Right. Now, We understand why the waters, these special waters of the Beit Hamikdash, have to reach the Yamah and have to reach the Yama, you know, the Mediterranean, because we want to sweeten the waters because the waters are salty, right? But why yamad de or these other um, bodies of water, they don't, they're not salty. So what's the problem? So it says, <laughs> it's in order to increase the amount of dagim, right? That they should have more, uh, they should have more fish. Okay? <laughs> right, and because it actually says there, it says in the Pasuk, um, that, that, that their fish will be, as it actually says in the Pasuk, I don't know why it makes it such a big chidu, like why it, it says in the Pasuk, the reason is so that the bodies of water should have lots of fish. Yeah, digatam, kidigatayam, right? They're going to have lots and lots of different fish um, as a result of the water getting there. That for many, many different species, there are going to be lots of species of fish. They brought me more than 300 different fish in one plate. In other words, there's such a variety of fish in certain places, and that will be everywhere. So everyone's going to become a pescatarian. There are going to be so much different fish, they won't have to be... Uh, yeah. It says the water's going to be healed. But then it says... Uh, then it says there, b'tzotav Ugvaav rafu la that It says that the um, that in these different swamps and puddles and things like that, the water will not reach, and they will be for salt. In other words, these other small uh, small collections of waters. It sounds like it says they will not be healed, meaning they will not. Um, they will not uh, remove their salt. They will be for salt, right? Why does it first say that the waters will be healed? And then it says they won't be healed. Okay, now, obviously, the pshat is, what it means is that the water isn't going to take the salt out of the smaller collections of water so that there could still be some salt water, right? That's what a that's pshat. But they're saying, why would it first say the water is going to be healed and then say it won't be healed? Right, it should. It, it seems ex- extra. Sad, saying that there's actually a place called. Okay, there's a place called that where there's where it's salty water. Now, now it's talking about how on the side of this uh, big river, and now we're back to Cheskel. On the sides of it, on the banks of it, there will be called Ets Machal. That the 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 leaves will never wither from these trees. Okay. And not only that, its free, fruit will never end. Every month it's gonna have new fruit that's gonna come out. Um, it's never gonna run out of its uh, its fruit. So Fisha In our world, nowadays it takes six months to produce grain. And a tree takes a year to produce fruit of in the future um, the the grain will come in one month, and a tree will only take two months. because it says the Chodashav, it says two months, right? So it will take two months for a tree to produce fruit, and it will take uh, one month for grain to come out, because it's a it's a one to two ratio. Because normally it takes six months for grain and two in a year for uh, for fruit. So it says in the future it will take one month for grain, two it months. It for, means genetic engineering and could be and that, that's how the, I, that's how really how the Rambam actually understands it. And in the, in the uh, he says that these things are talking about how technology is going to vents. It's going to be so easy to get food and it's going to be so plentiful. That's how the Rambam explains it. He says that, you know, when it talks about, you know, the, the, the midrashim of the rabbis, when they talk about, oh, the trees are going to grow clothing and bread is going to grow on a tree. You'll go take a loaf of bread off a tree. It doesn't mean literally. It means it will be so advanced. It's pretty much like today. I mean, you could you know, it's not like anybody has to work that hard to get bread. You walk any pay, it's 50 cents. You know, somebody, it's, it's readily available, is what he's saying. Now, Amar Rabbi Yossi, lefisha ba'olam azeh, he says, no, I'm going to cut it down even further. I'm going to get a discount. Only 15 days. right? And and the trees will have, every month will have fruit to coming back. In the Nevi where they had a drought, it talks about, right? That, that after 15 days, the... Um, the uh, the grain grew. The Kav That's Omer, it's a famous, it's famous. It's brought, I think, in the Gemara on I think. I know it's brought elsewhere. That, the, um, that uh, in the times of Yo'il there was a, uh, a drought. And then finally rain came in the beginning of Nisan. And somehow in 15 days, they had enough grain to be able to bring the Omer from it. It says that, uh, you know, the B'nai it's not talking about the Sidur, even though it should. Talk about that, but it says rejoice in Hashem, ki natan because Hashem gave you the more, uh litzdaka. is the early rains, okay? That's v'oreh um, u'malkosh. Yeah, u'malkosh. The early rains, and it says um, and the rest of the pasuk is um Malkosh barishon. The early and the late rains are both going to come in Nisan. In other words, normally the early rains they start in uh, back in November. They don't start in Nissan. They start in the beginning of the, of the fall. Right, and they, and they continue on till Nissan, and they start to taper off around Nissan. They're saying all of it is going to happen in Nissan. The early and the late rains are all going to come. Oh um, and and therefore they were able to bring the Omer from that year because tons of rain came in the beginning of Nissan, and all of a sudden everything grew really fast. That's what's going to happen in the times of the uh, of the times of the Mashiach. That we're going to see that. So if Rabbi Yossi is saying that it takes only one month, it's going to take only one month for these fruits to grow. Uh, you know, for each uh, each tree. So then, why does it say the chodeshav in the plural? It's months. He it says, means each and every month. It doesn't mean that it's going to take two months. That's too long. We need it right away. It's going to be one month. It says that the leaves will be for healing, is literally what it means, right? But Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Rabbi Yochanan interprets it as that it means that. Uh, that uh, the the um, the leaves will appear meaning it will it will sprout out the the leaves will will grow and it will begin to bud and right away the um, uh, the uh, you know the food will appear right that's meaning to say that there will be it, it will happen very very quickly or the another interpretation is there will be more fruit than there are leaves on the tree so it will it will be a constant um, uh, it'll be a constant flow of, of fruit. And anyways, Ravushmoel Chadamal pe. what it says, means to heal or to fix the mouth. meaning it will help the mouth above, meaning your actual mouth that you eat from. And the way that the Taqlin Chadatin interprets it is it means it will take away, it will satisfy people's hunger. Just eating these fruits. They won't be hungry. The other one says, no, the lower mouth, meaning the orifices below, that it will make the person um, have uh, their, be regular in their uh, bodily functions, right? Their bodily functions. One says it means to open the mouth of those who are without children, meaning it's to give children to those who are barren women. And the other one says it will make the people who are silent be able to talk. In other words, the people that don't have the ability to talk will be able to talk the point is that these this, the, these fruits will have special medicinal properties and we said in the above that on the northern side you have also right corresponding to the the, the, the gates on one side you have uh, gates on the other side so uh, so it says came he went and he said and Antochia, and the Sanhedrin came to to see him, and said to him, hey, yes, you heard to destroy the Beit HaMikdash? Give me the one that I put in charge of you, meaning give me Yechonia, and I won't destroy the Beth HaMikdash, I just want Yechonia because he's been a bad boy. Okay, and I'm, and, and I'm going to go. So, so, so they said to him, they said to Yechonia, you know, Nebuchadnezzar would like to speak with you, he's going to take you. And Kevon Shama Mehen Kach Natalem Aftechot Shel Beit Emdash. So he took the keys of the Beit Emdash. Alal E Gaggo, he went to the Gagoshel Hekhali, went on top of the Hekhal. Amar Elfanav Ribonoshel Olam. He said, "Master of the World, LeShavara Inu Demanim Lechav. A Yom Aftechotechav B'Swinlam. In the past, we were true to you and we had your keys." Here are your keys back, right? They have a similar story about the Bait actually, you know, uh, that they, they, they talk about that they went on, that the Kohanim went on the Beit HaMikdash and they threw the keys up in the air. Not about Yichonia. Uh, um, yeah, it's, yeah. They, they have a similar stories about Beit Sheni. right? Now, Now. Amorain Two Amoraim discussed this. One says that he threw them up in the air, and they never came back down. And one said, no, he saw like a heavenly hand come and take the keys back. And when all of the the, the uh, distinguished people of Yehuda saw this, everybody jumped off their roofs and they committed suicide. Obviously not everybody, because I would leave nobody. But meaning people were really distressed. This is what it means in the Pazuk. What? You the, can't uh, tell. Yeah, it's hard to tell whether it means that they were so <laughs> distressed <laughs> that they fell or that they didn't. It's because they thought they were going to fall into the enemy hands. I'm not sure. Yeah. But Masa Gechizayon, this Pasuk says, <laughs> Because, because Yeshayel says, Why has everybody gone up to the roofs? And then it says that city that was full of action, Chuot and then in the end it says, you're dead or not the dead of the sword, meaning that people died either from distress, either it was self-inflicted or they fell off the roofs because they were so sad. Whatever the case may be, um, this is actually Yichon ended up with a pretty reasonable deal because he was imprisoned there, but he was taken care of and he was like treated uh, respectfully by Nebuchadnezzar. He, was never, he wasn't treated like Tzedkiyahu where he was blinded and all that. He was not treated so badly. Anyway, not that it was good, but I'm just saying, he wasn't, he wasn't tortured. Now the Mishnah says, <laughs> There were 13 tables in the Mikdash. So there were eight that were, used, that were made of marble that they would clean the innards of the Korbanot. And the reason why they used marble was because it's very cold, so they didn't want things to spoil. <laughs> Akevish. and one and two were on the uh western side of the ramp. Now remember when you walk up to the Mizbech, it's in front of you, and the ramp is on your left. So it means beyond the ramp. Beyond you know, beyond the ramp it would be further west, so the west of that ramp. Um, and they had two more tables there. Uh one of them was uh Uh, one was made of marble and one was made of silver. On the marble one, they put the limbs. And they would put on the silver one the different vessels that they were using. And there were two inside Now what they would do is when they would bring the lechem apanim in every, when they would bring it in on Shabbat to switch it, so the ones that they were bringing in, they would put it on the silver table, so then they would take out the one that was being taken out, put it on the golden table, and then take from that silver table into the Kodesh to put it on the uh, on the actual official table okay, of they, the... They yeah. it from side That's one opinion. That's Rabbi Yossi says that you could never have one second that it was yeah, without a thing, but the, uh, the other Chachimim say, no, Tamid means that you just you have to do it right away, but it doesn't mean doesn't mean in the instant. It doesn't mean in that instant. Right. But either way, maybe they had to put it down for a second because they were on their way in. They had to open the curtain, whatever. you know. So they still might have had a moment that they had to put it down. They put it down silver and they put it in there, but when they bring it out, they always put it on a golden table. Because since it's been on the golden table of the Shulchan inside the Kodesh, they don't want to now put it on a silver table. It's deep, downgrading do it. So they put it on a golden table on the way out too. Um uh, because Malin right? Shabbat, is Shalav lechem tamid, and of course, the golden table inside the Kodesh is where the lechem is all the time, right? From week to week, they put it in on Shabbat; it stays there till the next Shabbat. Now, it's ten, but we didn't get to that yet. Now, Gama says tanei al Shel So, in our bright that says it was a Shel Kesef, not Shel Shaish. In other words, in the uh, in the uh, at the end, it says. Um, because before it said right, it was on the marble, right? Mm-hmm. Where is it here? He says Taneshel keset, otan shel ulah, shel keset, shel shel Right, so ours says what? Ours says shel kesef, right? Taneshel kesef. It says otan shel ulah, <laughs> mechad shel keset, mechad shel zav right but he says um, if he's uh, right so what is the uh, right so instead of what but there was no shayish in there yeah Oh, I see. Yeah, because in, I, I was thinking it was of silver. It translated in my brain as silver, right? But it's, it was marble, right? So they're saying, no, Tanei Shel Kesef. Right. It wasn't Shel Okay. So, right, so even though the Mishnah says it was a marble table that they put it on in the way in, no, it really is Shel Okay. So that's uh, Tanei Al Shel Kesef, not Shel Um And then... There's uh, a good explanation why because it is preserving Right, and so the... Uh, right, so the question is... Beginning of the and it wasn't there wasn't a so, right so that so that but then Rabbi Yossi, b'shem Rabbi Shmuel bar Rabbi Itzchak Rabbi Chananya b'shem Rabbi Yochanan let shel kesef there wouldn't be shel kesef neishu because it's it's it heats up we need it to be Shil shayish we need it to be of marble so it doesn't heat up that's the text that we have the Gra has the opposite he says no we we don't want to have shayish because it cools it off right. Because not you know, right, right meaning, bani. right because that company was supposed to be hot when you put it on, not cold, oh. and if we, and so therefore we don't want. So that the question is, is it saying that no, we don't have, uh, we don't have a uh, a marble one. We want it to be silver because we want it to be warm. We don't want it to be, we don't want it to be. Uh, 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 cooled off, or no? We don't want silver because we want we want it to be cool. That's the machlok. Didn't we learn? This is one of the miracles in the Bet Just like when they would bring it in, it was warm. When they would take it out, it would be warm a week later. Because it says that they would put the right. So the question is, if. The question is how you learn this, because Why the gra is right. The gra is learning it that this is a question. In other words, that since you see that it's a miracle anyway, Which that it's going it to stay nice. warm. So what difference does it make whether you use a cool or the the hot? It's well, going to stay. It's going to stay hot. Be so guess, but, oh, that's what hey, Rabbi Yosher Ben Levi Amar Ain Maskirin Masenisim. Exactly, he says we don't we don't follow In other words. The Graz reads it as, the question is, why would, right, why would they have to make sure that it stays warm? It's going to be a miracle anyway. He says, well, we don't rely on that kind of thing. We still put a silver table there so it will stay warm. We do the best that we can to keep it warm. We're not going to put it on a marble table that will cool it off and, and then rely on the miracle. That's the way that the Graz interprets it. Now, and the way again the Graz interprets this, there's a couple of different interpretations there. If they didn't have any bread for one week, can they just leave the bread on the Lechem apanim table, on the actual Shulchan for another week. It says you shall place on the table Lechem panim in front of me always. Lechem panim afilu pasul, meaning even if it's pasul, meaning to say that even if it's already, now the gra again has, changes the text, afilu kamayamim, even if it is past its time. In other words, if they, for one week, they weren't able to produce Lechem apanim for some reason, they could just leave the original Lechem panim there for another, uh, you know, for as long as necessary. Now, Asara Shulchanot, Asara Shlomo. It says that, that Shlomo HaMelech made ten Shulchanot. It says that he put ten Shulchanot in the Kodesh. Ten, five on the right and five on the left. Right? In. How could it mean that he put five on the right and five on the left? That's impossible. Shulchan has to be on the north. It can't be on the south. It always has to be on the north. So rather, Matamotom, Khamishami minu Khamishami Smol. And Khamishami Amin Shuchanosh al Moshe. Khamisha Mismolo. In other words, he had the Shukanosh al Moshe, the original one, and to the right of it and to the left of it were five other shulchanot organized. But they were all on the right side of the Kodesh. They were not on the left side of the Kodesh. They were on the right and left side flanking the Shulchan of Moshe Rabbeinu is what it means. Okay, but he only put lechem apanim on one of the tables, only on the one of Moshe. at the I love because it says the table upon which was the lechem apanim. So it was just decorative. In other words, having those extra ten tables that weren't actually used because that would be like bal tosif, making so many lechem apanim. You can't have that. But to have extra decorative tables around the one that you're using, he yeah, was allowed all to. This trouble, it's decoration. Yossi, a, a, and what about all the trouble people go to all kinds of nonsense in their house? What's, what do they need? To, it's five staircases and the fancy door. That's okay. He's not, not the Chavetz Chaim. He, he has repress. no furniture, no anything. you know. Why can't he have more furniture? You don't have tables you don't use in your house? Every Persian so has couch, there. nobody's allowed to sit he on. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah. I, I know, I grew up with it. in my house, growing up, we had an entire room. Nobody ever went in it. It was the nicest room in the house with all the Persian rug so and, the single. nicest you couch, that, nicest yeah. couch, nicest like love seat, but the thing, most beautiful room, nobody ever went, not once. That's the way it is. Anyway, that's what he did. No, he could actually put it. It doesn't mean that he actually put it on each and every one. Uh, at least, not according to the how the Mefarshim interpret it. But it means he could have put it on anyone because it says at Shulchanot va'alehem that it says on them were the lechem hapanim. Now there's two ways to read this. Either what he's saying is that on each and every one they actually put lechem each time, or it means that on each and every one he could have he could have right he could have used each and every one um, right. So the way that the Korban he says pa'amim sometimes this, sometimes that one. In other words, it doesn't mean that he used them all every week. It means that he would, they, there was like a rotation or something like that, that he would uh, he would switch off, right? Right, so you don't, right, you use different ones at different times. Not that they had multiple ones. Although the simple reading of the text, if you're just reading it, it sounds like it means that they used all of them. But uh, the Mephashim interpret and take it to mean that, uh, that, it, that it means that there was a rotation so that they were all used. So none of them were purely decorative. Uh, but, uh, but they uh, they served a function, just not every week. Okay, so we're gonna continue from here tomorrow. Yeah.